So it has, uh, it's been a few weeks. Hi, thanks for tuning in. It's me, uh, your friendly neighborhood sporadic podcaster, Johnny Bakes. And uh, I'm back to tell you a story and to play you an interview. I hope everyone's having a really good summer. Uh, although it is coming to an end, it's hard to believe. Uh, here in Virginia, it pretty much is over. Uh, today's the 15th of August, and um, my son has been in uh, band camp for a week and a half. Still has another week to go, and then school starts on the 22nd. And uh, then more fun begins when we're off to New York to say farewell to Chloe, my daughter, for the year as she departs to the Holy Land to study. But that's not what today's podcast is about. Today's podcast is about the theater. (laughs) So, who's my guest today? Well, he is an amazing performer. His name is uh, Jordan Spees. Or J. Andrew Spees, which he explains his name in the at the very beginning, almost I think. Oh no, maybe I cut that part out. Doesn't matter. It's not important. Well, it is important, but it's not why you're listening. You're listening because this is what happened. Uh, back in March, I was in New York with my daughter. She was there uh, to go to a friend's wedding, and I dropped her off at the wedding, which was in Crown Heights in Brooklyn. I took a cab uh, back to. The city, and I stood in line at this restaurant called Skirt Steak. This podcast brought to you by Skirt Steak. When in New York and looking for a good steak dinner with endless fries, visit Skirt Steak at the corner of something and something. I don't know. Um, anyway, so we're, uh, I'm waiting in line. I start talking to the three people behind me. Lovely people. We're having a great little chat. Turns out they were there to celebrate their friends. Uh, sort of. Uh, well, he finished um, Broadway boot camp. He was auditioning for a role uh, in the uh, traveling production of Disney's Aladdin. And he was auditioning for the role of the genie. Um, so anyway, we ended up chatting and then they, they came to the the maitre d' or host or whatever came and said, does anybody want to sit at the bar? Because we'd been waiting for like easily a half an hour. And uh, I was like, yeah, I'm alone. I'll sit by myself. And they were like, hey, why don't we all sit together? So we did. Uh, So me and Jordan and uh, two women, Only and Asha, we all sat together. We had a great night. If you follow me on Instagram, you would have seen the picture. And uh, we just had fun. Anyway, the next day I get a message from Jordan saying that he got the role. uh, Not just, well, he got the understudy role, but for three of of the characters. So he has spent the last couple of months, uh, rehearsal, um, in, sorry, in rehearsal for, for this production, which is set to go on tour. And I was supposed to wait until the end of August to, uh, play this, uh, uh, interview in this podcast, but he put it out on Facebook and on Instagram yesterday that he, he's got this role. So I, I texted him and said, Hey, does that mean I could put the interview, uh, out there? And he was like, yeah, of course. So. So it was great. I chatted with him and, um, he's just, he's amazing. He is really a triple threat. Um, and when he does eventually win a Tony, cause he will one day, um, you could say, yeah, I, I heard his interview, um, many, many months ago 
on uh, Too Lazy to Write with my host, John Baker, on an episode that was sponsored by Skirt Steak. Medium, well done, or rare. However you like it, Skirt Steak will make your steak. And offer you a boozy drink as a on the house because they forgot your steak. Didn't happen to me. Anyway, I uh, hope you like it. I really do. He's he's wonderful. Anyway, enjoy it. It's uh, me, and I'm talking to my friend Jordan, and it's all about his uh, his life and love of theater, and uh, how he ended up, you know, finding his way to to Broadway. Enjoy it. Can we talk about this rat race that you're going into? I mean, I'm not going to uh, air this until at the end of uh, August. Yes. Yeah, so I am about to go into rehearsals for Disney's second national tour of Aladdin, the musical, which I'm is... so excited for you. This is going to be great. I, it's insane. No, um, I I can't believe it's actually happening. Um, over the last couple of weeks, I've received numerous emails and been in and out of fittings and um, really? all kinds of information passing through the mail, you know. Um, and it's, you know, it's truly a dream come true. Because yeah. I said before I left college, I said, I want to book a national tour and I want to travel the country on someone else's dime. <laughs> <laughs> and it's that Disney dime too, huh? And it's the Disney dime. And here we are. And I will be the standby for the genie, the character Babtack, and the Sultan. Um, so I'll be working on three different roles with three different sets of songs, three different scene, sets of scenes. Um, so... <laughs> Much like my real life, there are a lot of characters living in my head all <laughs> at one time. So, which it, wait, which character did I meet at uh, at the restaurant? I'd like to know more about him. <laughs> which character you met Jordan that night? No, okay. You and funny enough, the night we met was the night um, was the day of my final final callback, mm -hmm. and um, I remember thinking. Oh my goodness, this is my like post audition ritual. My post audition ritual is to go get either a big burger or a nice okay. steak. Right. <laughs> and so, and I had heard about skirt steak um, in NYC, and I was like, let's go. And I called my roommates, and we all, you know, we got in that long line, and that's where sure. we met. And um, I know. And it was, it was one of those moments where I was like, wow, this feels like a really, really good day. You know, even <laughs> if things didn't work out, I was like, I've had a fantastic audition. I had a great day with friends. I enjoyed my time in the space and I did what I wanted to do that day in terms of the work. And yeah. it was truly a, it was truly a day with a bow wrapped around it. So... <laughs> What was the entire audition process like from start to when we met at, at that uh, restaurant? Oh like, my was goodness. it just an open casting call that you went to or your agent hooked you up? So my agent hooked me up and it was a crazy time because I was, already, I was on tour with another production called Spamilton, an American parody. Um, I was okay. playing George Washington in that. And I got the email saying that they wanted me to come in for an in-person call for the genie from my agent. And it was looking like at first, and that was in February. I looked back at the emails just recently and that was in February. And it looked like I wasn't gonna be able to go in person. And I know myself 
And I said to my agents, I said, it may be a logistical nightmare, but you have to work it out in my schedule and in theirs that I can go in person because I was on tour and I would be missing dates and things like that. And so they worked it out and I went in for my first in-person call and that was just for um, Tara Rubin casting. So it was just me, a casting associate um, and the accompanist. And I think at that time, all I had to sing was, I think all I had to sing was um, "Friend Like Me," okay. and okay. and read and read and read one of the sides, one set of the sides. And at that point, I didn't have to be off book, meaning I didn't have to be memorized for my script. And right. then, the so that was the original situation. And from that email, they said, "If this, if you move on, you'll go straight into what's called Genie Boot Camp," um, okay. which. Which sounds, which sounds, which is not as intimidating as it sounds. Okay. Okay. But, um, so, so I was anticipating that I was like going to go straight to boot camp at that time if I hadn't if I had heard anything. Well, a couple of maybe even hours or a day later, I got a got a notice saying that they wanted me to come in for an associate call, and so an associate call is when you. Uh, audition for the associate directors, um, the the associate directors of the company. Um, and they're okay. the folks who come and watch the show when uh, the director, Casey Nicola, can't um, or after he has set the show. So they are usually the people who come and give you your notes. They tell you what you need to work on. You know, they, they're your first line of keeping the show's integrity after the show has been set by the director. Um, okay. And so I did the associate call and then I got another email. And so we're heading into March now. So we're heading into one month of auditions. We head into March and I get a call saying that they want me to come in for boot camp. And so boot camp was scheduled for three days. And boot camp is essentially where um, you go through the material of the entire audition. So it is three scenes and a song, um, which is pretty much the the full scope of the genie, um, which is really interesting. Once you you know, if you if you once you see the show, you'll understand like there's yeah. like three major scenes that happen with the genie, and you learn those three major scenes. Um, and it was at that time that they also gave me more characters to work on. So at that time, they gave me Jafar, they gave me, and they gave me the Sultan, and they gave me Babcock. So I had not only the genie to memorize and the song, but then I had Babcock, Sultan, and Jafar to work on as well. So I spent the time, I spent that week learning those pieces of material. We did a dance call during that time. Um, we did all kinds of stuff during that time, which was really interesting um, because it, it gives you the space to sort of, um, it gives you the space to to know what you're getting yourself into, um, and I think I think that's really important in the work. Sometimes it's like sometimes you know without a shadow of a doubt, like everyone knows that the genie does a nine minute dance number, or it's, okay. or I think from from start to finish, I think the whole number is thirteen. The whole scene is thirteen minutes. Okay. Um, and so everyone knows that that's happening, but nobody knows the full like scope of the show if you haven't seen it and i never saw 
and still haven't seen Aladdin at this point. And oh. um, so I had, all I had was the Tony Awards performance by James Earl, from James Earl Iglehart in my head of how it goes. And I think some like Good Morning America footage and stuff like that, because Disney right. is very, very good at keeping their shows off of YouTube. Um, oh, so okay. I, yeah, they're really good at that. So I had I had those pieces of information and I went through boot camp and that was three days. And then I went to another coaching for the other two subsequent characters that I was preparing. So that was Jafar and the Sultan. And then I finally went in for the entire team, um, the entire creative team, which is Casey Nicola, the director, company management, um, the dance captain and choreographer. Um, so, and a couple of the producers from Disney theatricals. So I finally went in for that. And that was a really interesting process because, um, you know, they were really just on my side. You know, they were, they were really kind and open to whatever I had to offer. And it was just a magical experience, truly. And I know, you know, it's Disney, so we're talking about Disney magic, but truly Disney is a magical group to work for because they care so much about you. And I felt so cared for during the process. And it was funny because when I was doing my final audition, I finished the genie stuff and they were like, so now we want to hear you do Babcack. And I, um, and at that moment, the camera that they were recording on for, for posterity is literally what they said. We're recording for posterity. Um, the camera that they were recording on needed to be offloaded. So I had to wait in the room as the camera was offloading. And so I had a moment where I got to like talk to the director and the dance captain and all of them. And they were like, okay, now we're ready, you know? And uh -huh. so it was like a, several minutes of me just like standing by myself in this very large rehearsal space as a group wow. of like nine people look at me. Um, <laughs> not, not doing anything, but, but being myself, um, which right. to some may be interesting, um, but yes. <laughs> And then, and then we met and you had told me, you told me all about this. And then mm -hmm. I think it was maybe like the next day you, you sent me a message saying that you had got the role. Yeah. That's how it was, they decided. It was so quick. I, it was, it was I, I think it was 24 hours. Like if it wasn't the next day, it was definitely within 48, but I think it was by afternoon of the next day um, that I found out. And I was like, Oh my gosh. Um, and so, <laughs> it, you know, I called my mother yeah, I, of course. Uh, my room, but my my mother was not the first person to find out, unfortunately, because I found out as I was standing in the office of my of my job, and I saw oh. the email and I gasped. And my coworkers were like, "You got it, didn't you?" And I was like, "Yes!" <laughs> and I like burst into tears. And there was video. There's all kinds of video of it now, but um, but definitely oh, that's amazing. And I was like, "Oh my gosh!" And then my roommate called me as I was getting ready to leave the building. And I was like, oh, I got him, I got the part. And she was like, ah, she's like, I'm gonna call my mom. <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> and that's when I was like, oh yeah, I have to call my mother. Um, <laughs> and so she was the very next person I called. But um, yes, so, and then I was like, I have to that's call John. Um, <laughs> I have to yeah, call John of course. He's been a part of this process now. Um, <laughs> 
he's a part of my well, post audition ritual. So, well, I, I, I think I called my brother maybe that night or the, after I found out that you got the part, and I was telling him all about this great dinner I had with these three people I had met, and uh, one of them has gotten this role. And then you you said to me in your text that you're going to Ottawa, and I was like, great, I got to let my brother know. But yeah. you're also going to be in Washington, right? Yes, we'll be in Washington, D.C. We're actually we're actually doing quite a few stops in Canada. We're doing Montreal. We're doing Ottawa. We're doing um, somewhere else, British Columbia, something like that. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, a couple of stops in Canada. So I was like, oh, my goodness, we're going to be there. <laughs> yeah. So, oh, yeah. You, you're going to love BC, British Columbia. If you're in Vancouver, it's gorgeous there. Yeah. So I'm very excited. It'll be my first time out of the country. Um, you're gonna love it. Yeah, so I'm I'm excited. I, I got to get my passport and all the things. But yeah, so yeah. we'll be there, and we're definitely I, stopping in DC. I know because I'm having you for dinner. <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> and I wouldn't miss it for the world. Truly, I've been I've been practicing recipes on my smoker. So oh my gosh, listen, you know, yeah. wait for my heart, a smoker. <laughs> oh my goodness, yeah. Yeah. Now, let me ask you something here. I saw this video the other day on uh, on your Facebook. What is 54 Below? You were just, you had that room in the palm of your hand. Oh, my goodness. So 54 Below, um, if you've heard of Studio 54, yeah. the, the, um, the, you know, the original space was a theater. And right next to it um, is this... Uh, so, so now it's been turned back into a theater. And right now there's a play there called The Minutes by Tracy Letts. But next to it is a cabaret club called 54 Below because you go down the steps at 54th Street. So you're below 54th Street. And okay. it's a cabaret club. And I was doing um, a cabaret series called Make Them Hear You, an ode to Black musicals produced by okay. Pierre Lamia Porter. And... Um, she gave me these two songs, one of which I had been singing since I was a little kid, which was Mean Old Lion from mm -hmm. um, The Wiz. And I like, truly, since I was a little kid, I loved Ted Ross in that movie. And I am so enamored by his performance as the Cowardly Lion. And then the other one was Caldonia from a musical called Five God's Name Mo. And I told her, I said, you have no idea that these two songs have been a dream of mine to sing for an audience because I've never been able to sing them for an audience. Mm -hmm. And um, <laughs> I, um, I, I won't lie, I had a crazy amount of imposter syndrome happening to me that day that I was like, <laughs> I just feel like I'm, I don't belong amongst this like group of singers and like, I don't know what I'm doing and like, but I know what I'm doing and like, yeah. why am I here? And I, and you know, there's something that happens to me when I get on stage <laughs> and the lights are up that, you know, my, my physical being is, is in existence, but my mental state is just beyond the clouds, you know? Okay. And, yeah. Um, it, it's performing for me is truly a magical otherworldly experience. Um, and getting to do those songs for an audience and an audience that was so giving and so energetic and, you know, uh, uh, Lamia Porter, Mia, who uh, was producing it, she said, now your job is to go and wake them up. And I said, okay, I can do that. <laughs> um, you did, yeah. And 
So I got up there and I, I did my job, which was to wake them up. And they, I mean, that audience, I still, I still watch the video and I go, what? What the world? I'm like, is this real? Um, that's what I've been saying to myself pretty much every single day since, since March when I found out about um, Aladdin was like, is this real? When's the yeah. other shoe gonna drop, you know? Um, <laughs> um, but, but here we are, here we are yeah. and he's in it, so yes. Did you know when you were growing up that this was it? This is exactly what you wanted to do? There was no doubt about it in your mind? A hundred percent. Yeah. A hundred percent. I knew when I was, well, so here's the funny story. The funny story is, is that I discovered ballet first. Oh, and okay. I wanted to be a male ballerina so bad. And, um, but I realized very quickly that I did not have, uh, at the time, the physique that would allow me to do that in the way that I wanted to. And okay. so I started to find music and theater and my elementary school music teacher, Dr. Diana Guthrie, she um, introduced me to this thing called Broadway. And okay. I said, Broadway? What and you're in North Broadway? Carolina, right? And I'm in North Carolina, growing okay. up in Winston-Salem. And okay. uh, I said, Broadway, what's Broadway? And she was like, well, it's where people who do what you do make a living doing it. And I said, oh, I can make money singing and dancing. That's it, that's, all I, <laughs> that's, that's it. There's nothing else. Um, yeah. And though, you know, it's ebbed and flowed, you know, I thought at one point I was gonna be a biologist and at another point wow. law was really interesting to me. The theater bug just never went away. It was, it was an itch that I always had to scratch. And um, truly, truly, my sanctuary is the stage and my, and my process and rehearsals, all of those things mean so much to me that I could never give them up. And so from 10 years old onward, um, I've been in performance and in theater. Um, and I remember lying about my age at uh, 12 years old so that I could join the North Carolina Black Repertory Company Team Theater Ensemble because you had to be 13. And I said, I didn't say that I was 12, but I said I was in seventh grade. And so I realized that I could be 13 in the seventh grade, but I could also be 12 and they never asked. Okay. <laughs> so it wasn't until I did another audition and they were like, well, how old are you? And I was like, 12. And they were like, oh. <laughs> and so I stayed with the ensemble until I graduated from high school and went to college. And, but I grew, I basically grew up my entire life in the theater um, yeah. in some form or fashion. Mo more years than not, I've been in the theater. So, but I always knew, always knew. And the dream role, because I saw this, is, is Ted Ross, is to be the, uh, the, the Cowardly Lion. Lion. Yes, yeah. yes, absolutely, 100%. Well, because my dream role used to be to be the genie. <laughs> right. <laughs> So now we're, we're knocking them down one by one. Um, but yeah, so my dream role used to be the genie because seeing James Monroe Iglehart win his Tony Award um, was the first time I saw someone on screen who looked like me doing what I wanted to do. It's this big, jovial, happy Black man um, be, just having fun and dancing and looking like a dancer and moving like a dancer because it's it's so rare that people cast people 
of my size to do what the genie does in, in right. anything other than the role of the genie. And so the genie, Mean Old Lion, Five Guys Named Mo, those are all shows that sort of um, cater to the things that I do well, which is I've always called myself a real song and dance man. Um, I like, I am truly a triple threat in that way. You know, it's like singing, dancing and acting. I got all, yeah. I really do. Um, and I'm really blessed do. to have them. <laughs> I am very lucky to have them. So, yeah. Um, so if I was coming to New York um, and I needed a recommendation for what to see, what would you, and it doesn't have to be what's on Broadway. Where are you telling people to go? Oh my goodness. Well, I always say, look at, look at, um, I always say, look at the things that interest you, right? Um, think about the things that make you, make you tick. Um, I really love the public theater. The public theater downtown is, has always has work that is speaking to the current life and situations of today. Um, and like they just did Suffs, which is about the women's suffragette movement. They're doing a show called Fat Ham right now, which is a adaptation of Shakespeare's Hamlet from the perspective of a queer plus size black man. Um, uh, what else? Um, Shakespeare in the Park um, is always, it's free, classic theater of Harlem. Uh, all of these places are places where you can experience theater to, in its pinnacle. Um, and in a way that feels like it's reaching you, that not mm -hmm. that Broadway doesn't always have. But if you're going to go see a Broadway show, which I which I adore Broadway, and Broadway is you know a wonderful avenue of the arts, I definitely suggest um, right now. Oh my goodness! By the time this comes out, things will be so different. Right. I know. Um, um, into the Woods will have extended its run, um, okay. or it just recently announced that it's extending its run. So Into the Woods, I got to see it when it was at, um, when it was at, oh my goodness, uh, New York City Center, um, City, City, City Center Encourse, which is also another place that I suggest people go and um, see really impeccable theater. So City Center is, um, Encourse is an organization that, specializes in producing revivals of little known works. So this past season, they did a musical called The Life by Cy Coleman, um, which had the musical artist Legacy as its, as its headliner. They did Into the Woods. Um, they did the Tap Dance Kid. In this coming season, they're doing, they're opening with Parade by Jason Robert Brown. And um, the lead of that will be, um, the original Dear Evan Hansen. Um, so he and Michaela Cole. Um, so they will be uh, they will be at the front of that, which is really amazing. I suggest City Center um, because City Center also has dance and music. It's not just theater. Um, it, it's a huge avenue of the arts. Um, so yeah, and also Lincoln Center. I love Lincoln Center. Um, the Met. Um, has a really fantastic season coming um, with some some Broadway crossovers. Kelly O'Hara will be in a piece along with um, uh, Renee. Uh, oh my goodness, what's Renee's last name? I'm saying it like I know her. Uh, Renee. <laughs> I don't know. Renee Fleming. 
Renee Fleming. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah, sure. Um, so they'll be in a piece together, um, a new work. Um, so yeah, so the theater is always happening, and it's it's really interesting as things um, ebb and flow. Oh, the new Neil Diamond musical is coming to Broadway this fall. Um, oh, yeah, um, wow. which I. I have friends in that, um, and they're really excited. I mean, they're selling out the houses in Boston right now. Um, it's really exciting. Uh, beautiful noise, I think that's what it's called. Yeah. So yeah, so yeah, it's lots of lots of fantastic theater coming to. The so you 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 don't just um, like what about you're a student of of Broadway and of theater. You're, this isn't just like. A career for you, I, I don't think. This is all-encompassing, right? Yeah. Um, I try not to say theater is my entire life, but theater is a big part of my yeah. life. Um, and it's... It, it, in, my dad always said, he's like, you are truly like, in it. He's like, you're in it. Like, it is, it is you. You are theater. And I'm yeah. always like, what does that even mean? And then I meet... Then I've met some friends since being in the city and they're like, you're a guru. And I'm like, I have no idea what that means. <laughs> I think I have no idea what that means in terms of the theater, but I love the history of it. I love what it's done for communities. I love what it can do for the world. And historically, it is one of the most beautiful places that has truly been at the forefront of change. And yeah. that is always magical to me, but also it is just, an oasis of creativity and connection and breath and life. And I think any place like that, that you truly love, when it finds you, it is, it is your being, it is your essence. Um, and so, yeah, theater is, it is, it's at the heart of me, truly. But you would also do, would you do straight up drama? Oh yeah, absolutely, yeah. 100%. Yeah, musical theater, it's funny because despite my resume, um, I actually went to school for straight acting. I did not go to school for musical theater. Um, I, really? studied, I studied opera for a year and a half um, at the North Carolina School of the Arts, and then I took a semester off, and then I went to school for a straight acting program at UNC Greensboro, and I got a minor in musical theater. However, my entire time there, all I did was musicals. So, and I did my, but my final, my final live theater performance was actually The Tempest. So I did get a straight oh. play. Um, I played Stefano, the drunk in The Tempest. Um, so I did finally get a straight play as COVID was shutting things down my senior year. Um, and, uh, but yes, I love plays. I love plays. Um, Do you have a dream role? In terms of a play, oh my goodness. I I am such a fan of August Wilson's work. Troy Maxim in Fences would be my dream role. I'm too young to play him right now, but that 100% <laughs> is like when I'm in my late 40s, 100% so, is the role. Okay, yeah. I look forward to that. <laughs> I, I liked how a few minutes ago you mentioned your um, your teacher from from grade school. Oh yes, Dr. Guthrie. All I could think of is when when Jordan is getting his Tony, he's going to be <laughs> mentioning Dr. Guthrie. That's going to be one of those moments. 
truly, truly, because uh, my parents tell this story all the time. And I'm like, please stop telling this story. But it's, it is my, like, it's my foundation. They said when I was five and I was going to open house, I walked into the music room and I said, this is where we come to sing. And like, <laughs> and the music, I left a lasting impression on the music teacher. I left a lasting impression for my parents. And from then on our relationship, we were, you know, she truly helped me realize that, you know, this is beyond, you know, it's beyond a hobby for me. Yeah. It is, you know, it is an obtainable goal and a future that I could have. So I, I, she, she is, she is truly, you know, the start of it all. And then just um, amazing teachers along the way, Mabel Robinson, who um, was actually in the Wiz film with Ted Ross and she was one of the Munchkins and she was the assistant choreographer. She was one of my mentors. She, she saw, she saw that vision and just kept pushing me and pushing me. Um, And then into college and, you know, and so I've had some really amazing life teachers and teachers um, who have, who have done it all truly. And even like the night that, uh, that we met, I mean, you were out with two friends and they were nothing but supportive of, oh, you were all supportive of one another, I found, but they were, they were so supportive of you and, and what you were doing. And they're in the theater as well, right? Like there could be some yeah. jealousy if, if, they, if they wanted to have. Absolutely. That. You know, I think, I think that's the thing about um, this industry is that there's always, there's always a space where that can be, right? There is, there is, and there's also, I don't think a lot of performers like to accept the fact that they've lived in those spaces as well, where they're like, well, I should have gotten that job and yeah. I should have done that. And, you know, and I, I have definitely been there where I'm like, I could have done that. I could have done it better um, with, my, yeah. with my eyes closed, you know? Um, but at the end of the day, my, my loves, Asha and Omi, they understand that what is for you is 100% for you and it will never pass you by. Um, as long as you're living and working in what is you and authentically you. Um, and what is not for you will not be there. It will not land at your doorstep. You may think it is, but at the end of the day, what you are supposed to be doing, you will be doing at that time. Um, or it will be in essence pushing you towards that greater goal. And I mean, at that time, John, funny enough, I think I had only known Asha and only that was in March. I had known them since November. Oh, really? Yes. And what we just, I mean, we hit it off and I call them my sisters now because we just hit it off and they got me and I got them. And throughout the entire process, I mean, only was running lines with me. Asha was my reader. Um, they're like, no, go back to the top, make that cleaner. You've got this, but you need to get that. Like they, I mean, they really coached me through it. Truly. Yeah. And, and you weren't going on any um, preconceived ideas of these roles, right? Because you said yourself, you had never seen Aladdin. Yeah, no, I only, the only source material I had for it was the movie and like one or two Tony Award performances. So right. when, when I was doing it, they were like, wow, have you seen the show? I was like, no. And they were like, it's very evident. Your choices are so unique. And I was like, well, right. thanks. <laughs> you know, yeah. I was like, I hope that's a good thing. Um, which it turned out to be, but um, yeah. certainly, yeah, I had no preconceived notions. I was really just kind of going for it and doing what I thought 
the character was based off of the material they gave me. Is that um, like a way that you've approached auditions before or, or is that, is this just by chance? Yeah, no, I am, a, I don't know if profanity is allowed, but I am. Yeah, a, yeah, profanity is allowed. Oh, I am a fuck it kind of person. Um, when it comes, especially when it comes to in-person auditions, which is my bread and butter, because I don't think people really get to know me through self-tapes. And when mm -hmm. I go in person, I'm like, I have two minutes to do whatever I want in that space within reason and leave it all on the floor. And so I do that every single time I go into an in-person audition. And that's why I love in-person auditions because it's, it's so ephemeral. It's not like a tape where you can go back and click and watch, go back and click and watch. They don't get your full essence. And so, especially in person, I can just be 100% myself. Um, yeah. And, and, that, and that is in, in and of itself is the work as an actor is to bring your whole self to a character and all of the life experiences you have. Um, and so I do that from the jump. I don't, I don't wait until someone tells me it's time, you know? So, yeah. yeah. Is there any, I remember I was talking to a musician once and he was saying how nobody gets the, um, in film, nobody gets like the, the formation of a band uh, right. It just, it never happens the way you see it in movies. Mm, Does yeah. any, are, are there any films that you watch and they, they go through like the audition process for a play or for a movie or whatever, and you watch the movie and go, no, that is absolutely not how that happens. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think. So, so there've been a couple of things that like, the first thing that came to my mind is the chorus line movie, which is right. very different than the chorus line on stage. And um, I think the thing about that is that he spends so much time getting to know these dancers, which is not the case when it comes to an audition. Um, like he spends an entire day of a, of a, spends an entire day just hearing their stories and what makes them them. And okay. so much of the time you don't get that space. In fact, you don't even really get that space in rehearsal because it is about getting to, getting to performance. Um, so I think that's the biggest thing is that in movies, there, it feels like there's such a copious amount of time to make a show happen. And in theater, especially, it's like six weeks. You have six weeks to pull a whole Broadway show together that's wow, you know four weeks in the four weeks in a rehearsal space, space two weeks in tech and then you're doing it for an audience um wow. so you get to know your colleagues from a standpoint of how they work and how they take notes and how they listen to direction you get to know them that way but you don't get to know their life stories until you're like in the show and you're like well how was right. your day you know like you finally yeah. get to that point once you're like running but you don't really get that space in rehearsal. Um, I find, you know, some, for every process is different and sometimes you really do get lucky and you get to, you know, really be in the mix with your cohort, but it's not always the case. You just don't have the time. And will you find that you're gonna develop these friendships or these, these relationships when, you, when you're traveling from city to city? Are you on a bus? Are you, are you in a plane? So we're doing, That's... I think planes are mostly the situation, but there is bus travel um, okay. from some cities. Um, I found that like 
based off of my knowledge of tours is that so much, uh, you spend so much time together with these like controlled group of people that you have no choice but to become family. Right. <laughs> because right. you're living together, you're sharing space together. I mean, you know, in theater, you're undressing and getting dressed around each other all the time. Your life, yeah. I mean, when you're in the theater, your life happens at shows. You know, you come in, I, I, I'll never forget, my grandmother passed away and the next week I was in a show. You know, it's just mm. life occurs. And it's yeah. because, this, because this is the thing that people don't always understand, it, it's show business. So I'm clocking in, you know, I'm clocking into the workplace. And just like you build work relationships, you have, you know, people say work wife, work husband, you build those relationships uh, in the theater. It's the same yeah. way. And they get to know you, they get to know your family, your nieces and nephews. And I, I'm, I've been lifelong friends with people I've done shows with. It's true. Do you find, um, I worked in radio for a, about a decade and I found that after, or while I was in it, I, I never listened to radio the same way that you would listen to radio. Mm -hmm. um, do you find now when you go to a show, you're not watching it the way you would have watched it before you knew all about the, all the background stuff? It depends. So, you know, sometimes it's a bit of acting in the in the audience, you know, where you're like, okay, I'm just going to watch this show for the sake of watching the show. Uh -huh. But most of the time it is, you know, you're like, oh, yes, I see what that, that, I see what that piece of technology or I see what that motif or that, that, um, I, I, you, you see things a lot differently than the yeah. regular audience member does. You know, you I mean, notice things. Yeah. Yeah. We went a few weeks ago, we took our daughter to go see the band's visit at the Kennedy oh, yeah. Center. Mm -hmm. And there was one, uh, there was one woman in, in one of the roles who you could tell like halfway through the performance, she was like, fuck it. I am not going to try this Israeli accent. I'm just going <laughs> to talk. <laughs> yes. Yes. Sometimes you do have to hang it up. You know, sometimes yeah. you have to choose your battles, right? Like, you're like, yeah, you know I, what? It's just not yeah. happening today, you know? It's, yeah. I, I don't know what's going on, but I'm just not, you know, and that's why, you know, my job is so important because when people decide they, you know, just physically can't do the show, I'm there. <laughs> I'm right. there and, and I, you know, I make sure that that experience is the same experience that any other audience member gets. Um, but will you be on the stage? Like, will I see you, or is it just going to be luck of the draw if you're if you're performing that night? It may be luck of the draw. You know, uh, it's mostly luck of the draw. You know, it just depends on who, who, what, when, where, and why. Because um, I you, could be any three roles at any given time. Do you need me to come to the theater early and like um, Tanya Harding? <laughs> you want well i mean you know you have to decide which role you would like to see me in oh okay okay <laughs> no i mean i have a fantastic group of of um actors who are leading the charge and they are wonderful and um you know yeah, but i'm not going to see them i want to see you so i'm i'm getting the crowbar out i'm <laughs> taking that person out of the knee absolutely well you know i won't say absolutely um no, legal but, reasons no but um yeah uh, Yes, no, it is a bit of luck of the draw, but um, we'll see. Hopefully, hopefully, by the time we get around to DC, I will be um, 
you will have a chance to see me at least once. Um, you know, so. Well, if not, I'll have you for dinner. I'll still see you. I'm having you for dinner for yes. God's sakes. I mean, I'm there, you know, you on a stage, hopefully. <laughs> and at no, least I'm one gonna, of the three of I'll just get you to do one number. Just Absolute, one number for, well, you for know, my family. You need. Um, just come to my house, sing a song. I'll be happy. Well, and you know, the, the wonderful thing about um, going to so many different cities is that they also have put in rehearsals. So there may be a chance that if I, even if I'm not performing during that, that run, I'll have a put in rehearsal in that city just in case I go on, which are sometimes invited dresses for folks. So, oh, okay. yeah. So um, that's how I luckily got to see the Lion King on tour was through a put in rehearsal. Um, so yeah. So, you know, I'll be there. I'll be at dinner, if not on stage. <laughs> I look forward to it. Listen, my friend, this was great. I'm, I don't want to keep you any longer. Um, oh, it was wonderful, so, John. Thank you so much. I'm, I'm so glad you answered my, uh, my email. So of glad. Of course. Of course. Um, <laughs> listen, enjoy the rest of your summer. Thank you. And uh, I look forward to more videos posted with you singing. Oh my goodness, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The spirit of Ted Ross was watching over you that night. He really was. He really yeah. was. He was. And give my best to Asha and only. Yes. And uh, and I'm gonna I'm looking forward to seeing you in uh, in my in my town. Absolutely, John. Thank you so much for having me. I really really had fun talking to him and i know i say that pretty much after every time i talk to somebody but i really did he was he's so wonderful uh like i said triple threat i'm telling you man this guy this guy is gonna win a tony one day and uh you could say i heard it there on too lazy to write on the episode that was sponsored by skirt steak new york city's quickest steak 25 bucks gets you a steak all you can eat fries and hey, if they forget your steak, they'll give you a complimentary drink. Didn't happen to me, but it did happen that night. So, you know, life is random. And uh, standing in line to get into dinner that night, our paths crossed. And um, and I don't know, you know, there was something special about that evening. So if you happen to see that uh, Aladdin is touring in your uh, in your city, I know it's going to Ottawa. And I know it's going to D.C., and I know I'm going to go see it. Um, but if you do happen to, you know, go there and you see that night Jordan is playing, is uh, is is in uh, in one of the three roles, you heard him talk about it right here. So, uh, hope you enjoyed it. Thanks for listening. Call your friends. Call your family. Tell them you love them. <clears throat> it's been a weird summer, and uh, just, you know, you don't want to miss a moment with people who you love. Don't know why I'm telling you that, but I just am. So get on out there. Have a great day. Thank you for listening. I really appreciate it. Uh, you can find me online on Twitter at the real John Baker on Facebook. We're probably friends, John Baker. You can find me on Twitter or on Facebook rather. And uh, Instagram, I think I'm Johnny Bakes. I don't know. Uh, the re- website is uh, too lazy to write. The number two, the word lazy, the number two, the word write.com. Leave a comment. And I'll be back maybe next week, maybe in two weeks. Eh, Who knows? Lots going on. So take care of yourselves. Thanks for listening and have a great day.